Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, episode 150. Woo! <laughs> Yep, we made it. 150th episode, so thanks everybody for uh, putting up with us for all this time. <laughs> we keep changing out the, the host just to keep it fresh, but uh, it's kind of cool that we made it through 150 episodes, huh? <laughs> you know, that's almost three years. We're just six episodes off, three years of episodes. Yeah, we did have a few that we've missed. So we've actually been running just over three years, but uh, yeah, we did miss a few here and there, but still, like, it's kind of crazy. So we uh, thank everybody for tuning in and listening, and thanks for those in the chat that are helping us celebrate 150 episodes. So very cool. Well, enough about that. We got lots and lots to cover. And for those who don't know, I'm Gavin Pickin, Senior Developer at Auto Solutions, and Eric Peterson is joining me today as another co-host, and he's also a Senior Developer at Auto Solutions. So we want to first say thanks to Auto Solutions, because without them, we couldn't do this, right, Eric? That's right. And you know, one great way to say thank you to Auto Solutions is to come to our conference, Into the Box. I yep. believe today is the last day for the super early bird pricing. Yes, last that's day of right. May. Super so, early bird pricing is going to end tonight. So so if you want the best deal, make sure to get your tickets and your workshops ordered today. Yep. Unless you already have done it. Yep. In exactly. which case, good job. Yep. Because <laughs> I think the price has got up at least 100 bucks tonight. So 100 bucks to do something today is probably worth it. And then we've got a few other ways to to sort of help us out uh liking subscribing to our youtube videos uh eric's got a cool little uh module on command box that can help you star all our repos that are in your projects um so you can go star and fork all the repos with the one simple command you can also subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app leave us a review that'd be awesome too be great to see uh see those numbers going up there and then also if you sign up for a free or paid account on cfcast that's helping us and we have our book up on uh, Gumroad, the oldest book for 102 Cold Box HMVC Quick Tips and Tricks. So that is uh, some ways you can give back. Some paid, some free. It's all great, and we appreciate all your help and support. Um, so we, thank you. We are also very grateful to our supporters on Patreon who support us directly. We have 38 Patreon supporters that provide 100% of the funding for this podcast and 50 50% of the way to fully fund the hosting on forgebox.io, the Cold Fusion Community Package Manager. Yeah. So thank you to all of you great Patreon supporters. Great. I'll come up with a better word <laughs> by the end of the, the podcast. <laughs> and uh, we'll tell you more about how you too can support us on Patreon. Yep. And one of our um, recent Patreons is uh, actually Haggerty Motorsport Ridge and uh, Brian over there at uh, Haggerty's got some a uh, couple of job opportunities, and they've actually sponsored us to to sort of tell you a little bit more about them. So we're going to play a little video here. So let's meet um, Brian and find out about the company that's looking for two senior software engineers. Here we go. And today with me, I have Brian from Haggerty. You want to tell us a little bit about what you guys do over there? Hey, Gavin. Thanks for having us on. Uh, first, we're big fans of the podcast, so it's fun to be here with you today. Uh, I work at a company called Haggerty. 
I am a longtime Cold Fusion uh, person that folks might know from conferences and so forth many years ago. And right now I'm leading a team at Haggerty and we build a two-sided SaaS marketplace called motorsportreg.com. And so this last year, uh, we did hundreds and hundreds of thousands of event registrations for automotive and motorsport events. And right now I'm looking to hire two uh, senior Cold Fusion and JavaScript developers. So we've got a pretty large and pretty complex Cold Fusion app. And we're also building a lot of node and view. That's kind of our future technology stack. And so we're looking for two engineers to come join our team and help us basically build, enhance, and grow into the future. Wow, sounds pretty good. I know that you uh, did a lot of work with the CF Payment Library back in the day when we met way back in 2013 or something, I think, at CF Objective. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was like basically battle-tested because you guys put just thousands and thousands of transactions through it, right? Yeah, the CF Payment was a, a, a labor of love for me. I saw something that was cool in another language, and I'm like, we need that in ColdFusion. Uh, I can say that library has probably processed, I mean, maybe a billion dollars, not not just from us, uh, from from lots of people who use it, but I mean, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So yeah, we uh, we work at a pretty large scale. And the other cool thing is that it's it's consumer facing. So you know, my my family, a lot of my family are accountants, and so the joke that I always make is you can build any kind of software anywhere, like you can build accounting software, but we get to build software for motorsports. And so one of the fun side effects of that is that we get to go to the racetrack. And we deal with people who are really living out their passion. Like this is what they love to do for fun. And so it's a fun space to be operating in uh, and supporting them at that scale. Yeah, I definitely see uh, a lot of uh, pitches up on Twitter and I do get jealous. But uh, well, it sounds great. It sounds like you guys are doing great things in the community and uh, in the industry. And uh, yeah, so we got two spots available. So if you guys are interested, uh, check out Brian and we'll have more details in the show notes. So thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, everyone. Well, it was cool to talk to Brian, and uh, great to have them as a Patreon sponsor. And again, lots of great Patreon sponsors, and we'll tell you more about becoming a Patreon sponsor and giving you a list of all those awesome people. What's the word of the week, Eric? Groovy. Groovy people. In honor of Luis, groovy Patreon supporters. I like that word. It's pretty rad. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into it. Next up, we have news and announcements. So, Coldbox BE is ready for the next release. Tested are need- testers are needed. And uh, this has been a pretty big uh, project that he's been working on, right? Luis has done some a lot of work on performance for Wirebox. We have a need for speed. Right. And so, I mean, there's not a great tickets fixed, but I do have a Jira link that I'll throw in the show notes that will show you all of the tickets currently in scope here, fixed in BE, that you can go and check. Um, I have one for Coldbox, and I think I need to even switch over and get one for Firebox. So I'll make sure those are in chat and in the show notes. Very cool. So another big announcement. Um, we talked a little bit, it was about a month ago, I think we had it on Forgebox Module of the Week. We had the CBFS, or the Coldbox file system. And this one we've been waiting for quite a while, and it's going to be cut any day now. So if you guys are able to test with that too, we'd love some uh, help there. And we're looking for a few other providers. So Eric, you want to tell us a bit more about this? I know that we've all been wanting this for a while. but Yeah, I, I remember working on the initial scope of this, kind of the... Um, the memory driver, if you will. I don't know if that's what it ended up being called. RAM, I think. Um, yeah. RAM? Okay. That's all good. I use it for testing. So <laughs> um, the idea here is uh, when you're 
doing file system operations, you often want to do something different in development that's different than testing that's different than in production. You know, testing, you just want to make sure that in RAM that these files would have been moved or created or whatever, uh, but you don't want to actually do it. In development, you're using your local file system, and then maybe in production, you're going to S3 or some other CDM provider. Um, CBFS is like CB mail services in that regard, where with some configuration in your Coldbox config file, you can set up each environment to use the different uh, protocols or disks, as CBFS refers to them. Um, you can even transfer between disks if you have multiple cloud providers that you need to, but and it lets you hand, manage all of that complexity with the same interface to each of those uh, sources and destinations. So yep. pretty sweet stuff. I know coming out of the box will be the the RAM provider, the local provider, and an S3 compatible provider. So that will work with S3 or Backblaze B2 or whatever else, you know, Google or Microsoft come out with that is S3 compatible. <laughs> yep. And then Cashbox is the next one that's going to be a virtual file system for distributed cache like Couchbase, Redis, or Mongo. And that one is coming. Luis is working on that one. Uh, hopefully he's doing it on the plane so we can get that done. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be great. And again, I, I love the way we set up these providers and us tooting our own home. But you know, we got another blog post later about uh, design patents and everything else. But the you know having providers that just allow you to plug and play the one you want is awesome. I mean, and, and to be honest, if you're using some third-party tool or service, you know, if you can set it up as a provider setup, that way, if you you know you're using a service and all of a sudden they they change their their API or they change their pricing structure, it's kind of nice just be able to basically plug in a different one and then change, right? And so a right. lot of our a lot of our tools are trying to build that way. You know, Cashbox is built that way, email uh, the CB mail services is built that way. So, you know, we try and do that with a lot of things, and it makes sense, right? Because file services, like you say, uh, sometimes you want to use S3, maybe you switch to another provider, or maybe you want to use a local file system, or so it's it's cool. I like it. I'm excited to yeah. to play with it some more. And even if you just use local, you know, you're using your local file system for all of these things there's still some great abstractions on top of the local file methods that are in cold fusion. Some of the headaches that you might have been doing, like having to check if it exists before writing, um, creating nested directories before creating files. There's some nice helpers that just abstract that pain away. So you can just make sure the file exists and write it at the same time, you know? Yeah. So there's something for everybody in this. Yep, and also if you're using Lucy or Adobe, you know, like sometimes there are slight differences between them and there's benefits of using one over the other and so this can sort of abstract those away. And I know Luis, when it performance matters, he drops down to the Java stuff. So, you know, you can drop down and do some stuff that ColdFusion can't do normally. You have to do some extra work for, and it does that for you. So it's, it's we're really excited, uh, especially with all the Docker stuff going on, being able to use a local file service and then flick to S3 without changing any of your code because of something like this is awesome when you're going to a virtual Docker setup. So I'm excited. So anyway, if you guys want to test it, uh, go test it. We got the link in the chat already. Uh, we're excited about it. So other things we're excited about um, into the box. Instead of filling up the entire uh, <laughs> the entire blog section, we're going to give you all the updates here because we got a lot of updates for into the box. Um, so uh, last, we got some. Go ahead. We got some discount codes coming your way to start. Um, so we released the venue and hotel information at the City Place Marriott at Springwoods Village. And we have a discount code for all of you 
a groovy into the box attendees, <laughs> along with a flight discount code for United Airlines. That happens to be the cheapest flight for you into Houston. Yep. And then after that, we actually uh, announced our fifth workshop. So last week, I, we did give you the little uh, heads up of the fifth workshop, and I'm just pasting it in the show notes for you right now. So that is the Vue.js um, REST API workshop. So there's a little bit more information about what we'll be covering there. And it's I'm glad to say we've already had a few people sign up for that workshop. So I'm guessing uh, the Twitter poll worked because uh, actually I think David's in the chat. He's one of, one of the first people to sign up for that workshop. So it's going to be good to have David there. And uh, yeah, so we've got five workshops announced. They're, they're all great workshops. So uh, you can find out more there. And then we've got sponsors. We've had a ton of sponsors already. Um, I know we already have uh, Computer Know How. We have um, Pete Freitag from Foundeo. And this last week, Adobe uh, came on as a platinum sponsor for Into the Box as well. So we've got the little announcement about that. And then uh, CFCast, we're basically giving us like a little freebie to say thanks to all the attendees. So after Into the Box, you get a, a discount code. Um, email basically that'll give you one month free of CFCast uh, and that's in addition to getting the into the box videos too so usually we provide all those videos to you as an attendee um, this means you can go back and watch previous years or other series that are paid so uh, lots of great content and this week we're going to be announcing a few more sponsors we actually have another big sponsor that just signed on so we'll get a blog post out about that too so a lot of great things coming um, into the box i mean i'm excited and we've still got lots of secret announcements coming up so it's it is turning up to be one of our best years ever we're very excited to have you all there in houston this september yeah it's, it's kind of crazy considering this kind of a last minute you know like it's only a few months away normally we start planning like eight months out in advance and everything's all organized it's really coming together in a short time so we're all excited, so hopefully we'll see you guys all there. Remember, last day for early bird tickets. Super early bird tickets, sorry. Super early bird ends today. Then it goes to regular early bird. So, okay. And then, nor and then normal bird. Yeah, normal birds. <laughs> okay, new releases and updates. Uh, this one's all about you, so give us a spiel on what's new <laughs> with Hyper. Yeah, we got a, a minor release of Hyper out. Um, just some, some paper cuts I've been noticing is I've been working with Hyper a bit more in the project um, and some from Mr. Brad Wood. So this one has uh, options, to get the status text, as well as this status string. That's the whole status code plus text. Um, things that I don't use a lot. This was the Brad request, mostly because you can technically change the status text of your response. And it drives me nuts when that happens because <laughs> I just want it to be the standard, you know, 200 okay, 404 not found. Um, but, you know, if you do that or if your server, the, the service that you're talking to does it, you can now get those values out. Um, we added mementos for both the request and the response to make it easier to see the data inside, especially for the third bit, which is um, a better throw on error experience. This is why I love building modules. Um, so Hyper by default ran by CFATTP under the hood, though you can use different providers. You could use um, Java. You could use the Bolt, HT, Bolt HTTP client that Pete has written. Um, but it's CFATTP under the hood, and it works great for almost every case. 
But the throw and error experience has always been kind of lackluster. This is a flag you can pass to see if HTTP that throws an exception instead of, you know, just returning a response. Um, but there's no, it's not very, um, it doesn't give you a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so I switched it where that flag now, I don't throw it on CFA CTP. Said I'll listen for it, check if it's an error, and then give you all of these mementos back with mm. all the data I can so that when you get your exception thrown up, you know, in local development or to Sentry, you don't just get like the one line, oh, you got a 500 error. Or you get, you know, here's the 500, here's the data from the server, here's the URL you hit with all the params you sent. Um, wow. That's a, so. that's really great because debugging can be kind of a nightmare with with anything right. like this. So, <laughs> so a much better thrown error experience out of the box. Yeah. Um. Though, so this is a, a minor update for anybody. If you are using your own client, uh, which I don't know of anybody, but if you are, you should get a hold of me because I'm interested. Um. Technically, the Git status text and Git status needs an update on those clients. Um. There's a fallback, but um, they should be updated to support it. So, hmm. interesting. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, there was a minor update released to the Lucy MongoDB extension. Um, so, just a couple little fixes there and some minor code cleanup. But if you guys are using the MongoDB extension from Lucy, this is not the oldest one, the Lucy one, uh, you can go check out that update there. And just a heads up, command box 5.5.2 was released a couple weeks ago now. And so that is using all the latest and greatest from uh, the Lucy stable. They released their update, which is the 539.141. So that one is rolled into that 552 command box. And there we have links for both of those. And Eric is pasting like a madman in the chat right now. So that was a lot of numbers right in a right in a row so yeah you, i hope all of you weren't as confused as i was there <laughs> anyway basically latest lucy latest command box <laughs> grab it use it you'll be good so so we ha we ha we do have an, an interesting um update mysterious update on the cold fusion builder extension for vs code from uh we got a, a slack grab here from Mark Takata on Slack, which is that it's really close and he's had some demos and it looks like there's just a few small bugs that are probably already fixed. So like this is very close. Yeah. It, I'm uncrossing my fingers and expecting this now for either the Adobe Developer Week if we're super lucky, but definitely by CF Summit. Yeah, I think it I think they're probably gonna release it at developer week. That's what I'm hoping for. But we'll see. So it's good. It's coming finally um so yeah so if you guys would go check out the adobe channel on the cfml slack channel you'll see that everyone's been uh harassing mark and mark's doing a great job at keeping everyone up to date with everything he can and get that information out there so yeah mark is doing a great job at dealing with everyone's harassment <laughs> <laughs> yep and he does it with a smile on his face which is that's, even better <laughs> i guess that's the definition of uh of his job right deal with the community's harassment yep that's pretty much it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But we have some good stuff there too. So, yeah. Scott yeah. Steinbeck in the chat is asking if the extension is Adobe only and if it's paid or free. Um, I imagine Adobe only, um, though there's nothing that says Lucy can't do some changes to make it work better. Paid or free is unknown at the point. CF Builder was a paid tool. 
So it would make sense if this was paid as well. Um, but then again, um, I'm not aware of any paid extensions on VS Code. Are you, Gavin? No, that's the that's the interesting thing. But a lot of times with the CF Builder stuff, a lot of times they were giving them away almost free. Um, and then what they would do is just you had to have a running instance of that engine to do stuff, and you had to have like a certain license to do certain things. So I'm assuming it's going to be something similar to that. Um, and I guess we'll find out. But yeah, there's already people saying, well, can we decouple the debugger from the rest of the extension? And, you know, so people are trying to get sneaky with it. I'm sure that they won't really want to encourage that. But um, yeah, I, we'll just have to wait and see. But I, I think basically for a lot of it to work, you'll have to probably have a licensed version. Although developer versions are free. So, you know, I'm kind of curious how that'll work. Yeah. So, well, I so we'll I out. guess yeah, the answer is we don't know. But yeah. uh, we're excited to see just like you are. Yep, for sure. Okay. Wow. That's uh, a lot of releases there. But we still got some more content coming out because next up we have webinars, meetups, and workshops. And the first one, um, if you're not sick of me yet, you will be soon because uh, <laughs> I'm everywhere. But uh, we have an online CF meetup planned. And let me share my screen for those watching. So Charlie and I will be on Thursday, June the 9th. I'll be doing a session called when should I use third party libraries versus rolling my own. And so uh, some of you might've seen the blog post, um, but basically, you know, some people think third party libraries are evil and, you know, some people think they got to write everything themselves and other people think they should use third party libraries for everything and never write any code. And so, you know, we like most things, moderation is the key. And so this session will talk about, you know, when should you use third-party libraries? When should you roll your own? You know, give you some red flags to look for and everything. And we're also going to take a look at the CFML landscape and sort of look at some examples. And so that session uh, is going to be June 9th, and it's going to be 11 a.m. Central Time. So online CF Meetup is up on meetup.com. Um, hopefully it'll be a good session. We got some good feedback from some of the posts that I've been doing lately, sort of the software craftsmanship stuff. So I'm glad people are talking and thinking. And so come check out that session. Hopefully it'll be a good one. Now, before we go on to the next webinar, I do have a real-time follow-up here. I have found a paid uh, extension of sorts. It is uh, GitLens, which we've recovered before, has a like a pro tier, a plus tier, Oh. That unlocks some new features now. So it would not be the first if Adobe did make this uh, a paid extension. So evidently that is coming. Yep. And um, and Charlie said, Scott, they never talk about pricing in advance. Um, there was a free version of Builder based on Eclipse. Many didn't realize. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of stuff where they gave licenses away like crazy if you actually had a real license. And so there's, you know, quite a lot of uh, things out there. And as Charlie said, there was a free express edition of Builder back in 2017, you know, so there's, it's hard to know, but um, it's, yeah, just great. Some, so. some might say Adobe never talks about pricing, period, um, <laughs> publicly at least. So, but that's a topic for another day. Um, let's move on to... Our recap, the Ordis webinar happened last week with Mr. Michael Bourne, clearing the fuzzies on fuzzy search. This was our uh, dive into Elasticsearch and showing how to use that in your application. So yep. we have that up on 
CFCast for free. We'll put the link in the show notes and here in the chat. Yep. And Michael actually broke down some of the terms and like, you know, and I was like, oh, I didn't actually know what half these were, you know, like, you know, how to basically break up the tokens and, and he used names I can't even remember, but uh, it's a good <laughs> session. It's educational, but he shows you a lot of code and he's got his slides up available. Uh, if you go to the Auto Solutions events webinars page, there's links to his GitHub and there's links to uh, his slides as well. So you can watch along yeah. and play along because I think that's the best way to really get this right is to play with it. Um, and yeah. this example is really cool. So Yeah, it was a great, uh, it's a great way to, ju to jump in if you're going to need to do anything with Elasticsearch, which has a very steep learning curve. Like once you get into it, it is very powerful, very fast, but oh goodness, you could waste hours trying to figure out the basics and this video, this webinar will get you past that real quick. Yeah, it really shows you the differences between using your database to do it and using that. And it, it was really good. I liked it a lot. And I've used Elasticsearch obviously with using it on several projects, but yeah, it was kind of neat just to see the step-by-step -step approach. Next, okay. we have June's webinar. This one is with Mr. Dan Card. Being started with the legacy migration. So this will be June 24th at 11 a.m. Central. Looking in the process of converting kind of your single CFM pages into more modern coding designs and different uh, practices and plans for that. Yep, his workshop's all about sort of taking your traditional code base and how to modernize it and, you know, code boxify it and, and just make it more flexible. And as he says, you know, it's easy to maintain and manage. Your mistakes and errors can uh, be read more easily and you can identify them. And, you know, basically it's easy to read this, this sort of mentality. So um, this session will be a great starting point for that. And if you guys are looking at, you know, migrating some traditional slash legacy code, his workshop is going to be a, you know, a step-by-step -step process on, on doing that. So uh, I'm excited to see this webinar and I think that workshop is going to get a lot of people in it. So one of our most frequently asked for jobs at Audis is to help people with their, their code base and converting and adding more modern features and, and everything. So very cool. And that applies to people who have been writing cold fusion since, you know, cold fusion one and those who just got into it five years ago because man legacy code doesn't have any respect it's in all of our code bases <laughs> yeah and that's the thing too like people get offended sometimes when you use the word legacy but you know I, sometimes i feel the code i wrote a few weeks ago even last week sometimes <laughs> feels a little legacy you know like it's it's basically okay this is the way i traditionally would do something but that there was problems with that there was pain points right and so we figured out well, if we do it this way and you know, we build these tools or use these tools, it's going to help solve those problems. It's going to make our code better. And so it's just, you know, it's an ever evolving process of making your code slightly better than it was, you know, so yeah. people get offended with legacy. So what, what's the other term that's used a lot? Is it technical debt? Right. Yeah. That one's always made me laugh because it's like we, we paid, you know, we borrowed from ourselves to write worse code i don't know it's i don't get the analogy but i get the idea that the code that you write had some shortcomings and has to get paid back sometime yeah so exactly <laughs> yeah i mean you could you could spend the extra time and essentially now to do it or you could take a loan and then eventually later on you're gonna have to pay it back by fixing it later so something like that but yeah Okay, in June, we have the Seattle Cold Fusion user group meeting. So the Seattle CFUG is going to be back. 
And that's going to be um, a presentation from Leona Daniel about sending SMS messages using the Cold Fusion and Twilio API. So that's going to be great. Um, again, we love Twilio. We use it all the time. Brad went on and on about all Eric's stuff that we've been using lately <laughs> for Twilio. And then... Uh, that's my life right now. I yep. just do Twilio stuff. Twilio integrating with CF. Yep. <laughs> and there's plenty of it to do. So Yes. <laughs> Cool. Well, next up, we have a bunch of, uh, you know, webinars and workshops from Adobe. And so last week we had one from uh, Mark Takata exploring the CF administrator part one. Uh, there's no recording up yet. I'm hoping they'll get their recording tab updated with that one soon, but I heard that it was really good. And then we have a couple of workshops coming up from Adobe. So June 15th, there'll be one from Brian Sappy, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern on June 15th, Adobe Cold Fusion workshop. And then on the 22nd, we have another one, but this one's going to be in the European time zone. Damien Bruendonks is going to be leading that one. And we have a, a list of all their uh, Adobe events up there. But I also found a couple of Adobe and Kerasoft combined workshops, and these were not listed in that list. So we got them listed separately. All right. So we have one on June 1st um, and June 7th. Don't see any uh, times here, but we will put the links to those into the show notes for you. Yep, they're they're full one day workshops, and the interesting thing is they have CPE credit available, which I had to figure out what the heck CPE credit was because obviously I know continuing education credit, but apparently they're continuing professional education credits or something, and it's something to do with like uh, accounting. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so I was like, dang it, that doesn't help me for anything. I'm got used for but it's kind of interesting that yeah you can go take a course and get some continuing education credit through these so uh, a couple of good workshops there and the adobe workshops and, and again those ones are Kerasoft hosted workshops with adobe but the other ones were specifically adobe only but brian sappy is apparently teaching that first one on june 1st the advanced uh cold fusion workshop so lots of great content Whew, man, meetups, webinars, workshops, everywhere. Next up. Like it's summer or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, summer, usually everyone goes to sleep. But <laughs> I have uh, in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> so CFCast content, what do we got up on CFCast, Eric? Well, we mentioned earlier, we have the webinar from last week on Elasticsearch and fuzzy searching up already. And we've... Uh, continue to put up the Forgebox modules of the week and VS Code hint tips and tricks of the week. Yep. I know right now I have sitting in front of me five logbox videos uploading Ooh. and uh, just need to get a, a pretty banner for it and we'll start releasing those to you. So that will be logbox 101, everything you want to know from the very beginning. That's very um, cool. I have a couple more videos for the Forgebox package series, just sort of finishing that series out. But I have another one coming up, which will be boxifying third-party libraries. So ooh. you can see a trend going on here, uh, <laughs> a bit of a series. And then we'll obviously keep releasing those Forgebox and VS Code snippets until we get up to date. So lots more coming at you very soon for CFCast. And remember, a lot of this content is free, um, free and paid memberships are available and if you're um, the right patreon membership bronze or above you get one for free um, you'll be able to get some some paid stuff from into the box too we'll be giving you one month after into the box as well if you're an attendee so lots of cool ways to see good content but there's a lot of content there for free so make the most of it at cfcast.com 
Okay, conferences. What did everybody miss last week, Eric? Well, there was a couple last week that you might have missed. MS Build happened. So if you're doing anything in the Microsoft ecosystem, all of those are, of course, recorded and available on their website right now. But and, remember, uh, remember, Microsoft now owns GitHub. So the GitHub Action stuff's in there. They own VS Code. So there's VS Code-related stuff in there, too. So it's not just the .NET world. So just you know, there might be something in there that you may actually find interesting. So right. and and SQL Server, obviously, we uh, have. Yep. I would say like ninety five percent of the clients I work with use SQL Server. Um, so yeah, there, there's we all are, we're all in the Microsoft world. We get it. So, uh, <laughs> so that's probably something for you in in build. Um, there was also an Ionic comp, which is um, if you remember Ionic, the platform for building mobile apps based on web technologies. So um, yes, Ionic is still around. Not only is it around, it's up and kicking. So you can go check out that if you're either in that world, needing to build a mobile app, already have one, or interested in the process. Yep, and they went recently to do more with Vue.js as well as Angular stuff. And they were even looking at um, sort of doing like transpiling over to make it more native too. They've been doing some interesting things, trying to keep up with the flow and, you know, make their stuff better. So be kind of interesting to see where they're at these days. Okay. So next up we have Conf for the US. So that's in Fort Lauderdale, June 8th through 10th. Beach Code View. There's a workshop day on June 8th. Uh, main conference is 9th through the 10th. And they have all their speakers and the schedules announced. They got their workshops and everything. Uh, workshops are selling out, so if you guys are going to attend, um, go to us.viewjs.org and get your tickets ASAP. And then uh, we have some an Apple WWDC coming up too, right, Eric? That's right. So on the heels of talking about mobile apps, even if you're doing something like Ionic, um, you'll still have to you know pay respects to the Google and Apple overlords. So if you're interested in the Apple goings on, there is a their developer conference coming up next week. Very cool. Huh. Okay. This is, this is also where we all go watch and pray that we hear big Safari updates to <laughs> um, all the features that they're going to release for us. They're, they're once a year Safari update, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, it's not as bad as it used to be, but still browsers. They bug me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of Vue.js stuff, uh, Quasar Conf is coming out. And for those who know that I'm going to be speaking at Vue.js about Vue.js and Quasar in my talks into the box and in other places. Um, and so they've got their own conference, their second one. Uh, this is kind of a different approach. They just got like a short, sharp, little 20 minute sessions, a lot of speakers in and out and, you know, and they're got a call for proposals open right now. So I'm trying to think, how can I mix some cold fusion in there in 20 minutes? So maybe I'll submit something to the Quasar Conf. I love Quasar. It's a great framework and, you know, deploying to multiple uh, you know, output systems is pretty neat. All from one code base. So, so. the, uh, just to note, the, the call for proposals is open for eight more days. So, mm -hmm. You don't have forever to get it in, yep. but and but also yeah, the twenty minutes is a is a, a, a nice way to get into the talks because you don't have to have you know the ton of setup. You can just jump into the meat of the talk and be done, and you probably talk fast enough that you'll be like, oh, I didn't even realize twenty minutes went by. Yep. <laughs> Yep, so I know that uh, Samuel's in the chat saying plus one for Quasar, and they use it a lot too. It's got some pretty cool features. So, um, yeah, 
So, Sam, maybe you guys can uh, put something out there too, get some stuff at QuasarConf. And Quasar, the first Quasar conference is up on uh, YouTube. It's just a three hour block. Like they just have, you know, a bunch of short sessions and that's it. So, uh, this is their second conference. But we got some other conferences coming. Uh, that conference is coming up soon. And what conference? A, that conference. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Cause I'm always thinking about like that. Like those names are cool and catchy, but when you go to Google them, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Apparently someone was talking about there's a band called the Thus or something. <laughs> so the who? Like, yeah. No, the who as well, but the Thus. But, um, the Thus. Okay. Yeah. Yep. If you watch the, yeah. So they have a, a couple of conferences coming up, but this one here, July 25th through the 28th, that conference and was, uh, and basically in Wisconsin. And it's kind of neat. Like they've got a whole, you know, theme of it. You know, it's basically like a summer camp full of workshops and sessions or whatever for the geeks. Um, but they've got family tracks and stuff too. So it's meant to be family friendly. It's at a water park. So it sounds pretty neat, but it's got a lot of cool stuff going on. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, decent price in the family campers they actually can get access to a lot of those different things they've got a, an interesting setup so i'm gonna have to check this out in the future but uh daniel garcia is actually gonna be speaking there this year Ooh. so sharing some uh cold fusion love there so go check it out support daniel garcia uh go to that.us to find out more about that okay okay and adobe developer week middle of july july 18th through 22 this is their online free conference that we are crossing our fingers that we see the new VS Code extension. So maybe if we all, you know, hope, cross our fingers, pray a lot, I don't know, maybe we'll get it. <laughs> yep. Um, I still think we are not seeing the 2022 yeah. speakers on the website. I just which clicked is right now. A shame. Um, but I mean, it's free. So you're not paying anything to register so go ahead and register it's gotta be good yep <laughs> i know they have been reaching out to speakers so we should have that list here pretty soon okay the next one up is Vue.js forge so this is a little two-day hackathon um organized by view school and they just changed their dates apparently a lot of people reached out to them about taking summer vacations right before fourth of july because the dates previously were June 29th and 30th. So they've uh, they've listened and they've moved it to July 13th and 14th now. So um, they wanted to make sure as many people could, could actually attend the event. So they've moved those dates. Um, then sneak peek into the project because basically you're working on a project and you can sign up for free or on a team. But if you join in the team, there's a, there's a price tag on that. But individually, you get mixed up with some other people. And the project sneak peek describes it as if you've ever wanted to build your own SaaS app, then the project is definitely right up your alley. You're going to work with Vue.js, Vue.use, Vue.router, Pinia on the front end, along with dynamic backend to create the main application. Also create a marketing site that's easily maintained by non-technical marketing team and then deploy everything live to the world. So it sounds like a pretty big task. So they'll be releasing that information, I think, next week about the project. You'll find about your team soon and start planning. So, so yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. I hope my schedule still works for the new dates because I was really looking forward to, you know, try to attend that. So never been to a proper hackathon, you know. So, yeah. So, viewjsforge.com. Find out some more. 
And again, it's put on by View School, which is great content if you're learning View or want to learn it. And they're meant to have some mentors and training and everything as part of this. So pretty cool. And the price tag is perfect for you as an individual. It's free. <laughs> well, we've talked about it a bit, but we'll say it one more time. Into the box, September 6th through 8th. One day workshops before the two day conference. Today is the last day to save 100 bucks. Go we'll sign up today, and we are excited to see you there. Yep. So, into the box.org, there's a lot of blog content being released there. But we're releasing just, just summary pieces on the Audis blog so we don't drown you there because obviously we're getting lots of sponsors, lots of discount deals, and lots of announcements. And we're going to be giving you more information very soon on those workshops and more details of what's in each workshop so you can make your decision because. Uh, yeah, we want to get those workshops filled up and we have had them sell out in the past. So we've actually ran out of uh, most of the workshops. So we're hoping we can do the same this year. So get your spot while you can. Okay. The Cold Fusion Summit coming up October 3rd through 5th. Uh, side note makes me glad we did move our dates because there's no way those would have worked well together. Yeah. Um, so this is registrations are open 99 bucks. You that's that's the early bird price so yeah before june 30th to get in obviously this costs a lot more to do than 99 dollars. you're being heavily subsidized by adobe so take advantage of that come learn come enjoy all the people there all the sponsors yeah. um we're gonna be there so the conference is the third and fourth with the adobe's cold fusion certification classes and tests on the fifth if that's something you want to do um i'm hoping that ordis we get to do uh, one of our famous penthouse workshops on on the fifth as well. Yep, so. and we can confirm that Adobe is definitely uh, subsidizing a lot for that because <laughs> the prices on everything are more than doubled, more than doubled. So even even to some of the the normal stuff that we do has gone up like crazy. So we're we're looking at venues and everything for our, our workshops. So we'll get that information to you as soon as we have it. But um, yeah, it's a great great conference and again uh it's just 99 dollars right now so get those on your early bird tickets uh, the price will go up but that workshop they're doing it's not the certified prof um specialist like they did before this is a certified professional so they've basically made it a bigger better harder one and as mm -hmm. i mentioned last week we we're on slack mark was talking about it how um basically mark takata nolan Erk. Dave Ferguson, the CF engineering team, Alicia, Keyshore, all spent a week together and made this one really, really hard. And so it's basically, if you pass, you'll be really proud of yourself. So uh, I think last time they had a 90% pass rate. This time it's uh, a lot harder. They said there's going to be 100 hours of uh, video to go over, the, you know, basically before the, the one-day lecture and certificate. So um, pretty neat, though, you know, all that content. And you get those videos for a year. So... Um, if you are going to do that, I'd say sign up soon so you can start watching the videos because 100 hours is going to take you a while. But uh, yeah, so it's not the same um, certification. Anyways, enough with that. Uh, go to cfsummit.adobeevents.com to find out more about all of that. A couple last of last minute updates to round out our conference section. Into the Box Tam will be coming back in December. Uh, first week of December, we'll get you more information as it comes. And to our beloved CF Camp, the TLDR is not this year. Look for summer next year. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, that's the goal. Okay. So I'm sure you have plenty of conferences there. We don't need to tell you that Comstock Tech have even more. 
But we did anyway. Yeah. Subtle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's talk about some blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. And the first one we're going to talk about is um, from James Moberg. He was tweeting about QB, Quick, uh, just a couple of different things. So I decided to throw you under the bus, and you can answer him online. Uh, James was asking about uh, if it was possible to use QB in a non-Lucy, non-Coldbox setting. Um, and the answer is most definitely. Uh, he is very right in that the docs don't give a ton of direction on that. There's basically one page because, each, I mean, 90% use Coldbox and the other 10 use Framework 1. And there's some great uh, articles written. So where I'm lending up on that is I'm excited for James's write-up. Um, I think the one gotcha that he ran into was the installation says use command box. And that was not an optional step because command box will install the necessary dependencies. <laughs> so um, regardless of what your application uses, um, cold box, framework one, homegrown, nothing. Like you can use command box to install your dependencies and manage those still. And uh, I think there's, are only benefits to doing that. So that's what I push for. Even if you use command box to install my Git repo instead of ForgeBox, you'll still get most of those benefits, including dependency management. So. Yep. And Samuel said in the chat, the CFCAS Prezo for ITB 2020 covers the QB outside of Coldbox. We'll go grab that link and uh, throw it here in the show notes. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, maybe on Twitter too. So very cool. Um, so we had one from Ben Nadal, um, and this one here, he was talking about passing liquid tag embeds with JSOUP and Lucy. Man, we talked about lots of numbers before. That's a JSOUP of acronyms and words, right? Have to look a few of those up. <laughs> but Ben was talking about, um, you know, liquid tags and sort of how to use them inside of Cold Fusion. Um, and so as usual, nice and thorough Ben went through and you know gives us some examples of sort of you know how they work and so you can see the curly brace with the percentage sign and then it's an embed and then you've got the the youtube link and then sort of another thing and so basically it's just another templating language i know um coldbox actually supports a couple of other templating languages now uh, we have uh think of the pebble that Luis put in a little bit ago. So you've got like Coldbox, normal Coldbox, CFML reviews, and you've got a couple other like sort of templating languages. And this is the same type of thing. And so what Ben did here is explains what the liquid tab template is and how to do it, you know, how to use it. And then he sort of goes through the CFML example and, and, and works through that. And so it's again, pretty cool. Um, I was trying to remember where the liquid tags were so prominent. Uh, I remember they used to be really prominent in a few systems, but I don't remember what they what they were. Anyways, I'll I'll let you guys go read and, and find out more about that. But uh, uh, it's a Ruby thing. Like Ruby really um, popularized them. I think they're still used in Shopify. Um, okay. So yeah, that's what it is. I knew I'd heard about it somewhere. Um, so thanks, Ben, Jekyll. for sharing that. So if you've used uh, GitHub Pages. That's so. what it is. Like I said, and you had heard about it multiple times somewhere. I just couldn't place it. So, but uh, we should file this and tag this blog under our "We Love J Soup" series because we have a few of those now. <laughs> yeah, J Soup's awesome. That's that's the short of it. Definitely take that away. J Soup's awesome. <laughs> All right, we had a, a pair of blog posts from Adam Cameron about a few patterns: uh, the observer pattern 
adapter pattern, decorator patterns. So if you're like, wow, that was a lot of patterns in one breath, Eric, uh, you should go check out these two articles to see how they can be helpful, um, how they help your code, and especially how they help in refactoring. Yep. Um, so I'm not going to go into any more than that, except to say it was a good overview of all three of those patterns. Yep. And the cool thing is, is that it, it does link out to Wikipedia, so you can find more about it if you don't want to believe Adam. So um, I do believe if we don't have them on CF Cast, um, they've been on some of the CF meetups we've had. Brad Wood talk about implementing patterns using Cold Fusion. So I'll go see if I can track that down. We can add that as well to the show notes. Yep. They're, they're definitely cool. And uh, I think it's nice. You know, I, I was teasing them saying, ooh, fancy. But I mean, patents are awesome. And, you know, like I said, we talked before with the providers for, you know, CB mail service consider, you know, that's a design patent. And those types of abstractions, they're just good practices. And if you can use them, it can help make your code easier to extend, more readable, more understandable. You know, there's, there's definite wins for doing that. And so I think okay. we should all learn a little more about design patents. I actually got my old university book about, you know, the Gang of Four design patent book out, and I started reading that again. So I might try and reread it at summertime because, you know, I'm like, I'm doing stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's right. That's this design patent. I'm like, I'd forgotten. I just did it that way because I know that's the way I should do it, but I've forgotten the reason behind it, and, you know, and we can learn a lot from them. Anyway, um... As we mentioned, there's a ton of uh, into-the-box updates. So we have a blog post from Audis, which basically summarizes all those. And so we're trying to do a weekly one of those. But obviously, we've already given you plenty of updates on that. So we won't go too detailed into that. We have another one from Ben, though. Um, Code Carter, Array, Intersection, Union, Indifference. And so this one here, again, I'll share my screen for those watching. But um, you know, Ben wanted to keep fresh and keep the brain active. Um, and so he's been doing, you know, a lot of mail blasts and stuff lately, he said. So he wanted to get back and, and do some more Lucy stuff. And so he said the interesting thing about this, and you, you have to make sure that you know what his assumptions are because he's done it a certain way. Um, and so it doesn't work that way. You know, if your code is different or your, your assumptions are different, this won't necessarily work for you. But basically, he works through his assumptions first and then and talks about, you know, basically how to write this function to get an array intersection. And then, you know, he goes through the testing and then looks at a union. And so just little little different ways to, to loop over. And then he's using structs too, which is, structs are awesome. Um, so, again, a nice little word uh well not word problem but a nice little problem code kata to go through it so i like these type of things makes you think and look at how somebody else solves some problems and you know, might be useful i'm surprised that some of these things don't exist already um either in the language or in a library or something so i guess again though all those assumptions he made you know i was i was just looking for that actually if this was in like the cf collection library i wrote which it's not or in underscore CF, which is an oldie but a goodie. Um, I haven't gotten that far yet. But yeah, if not, these should be in one. I know one I use all the time is like array unique or array wrap. Um, you know, I just, we need a better array helper library. And I would, I don't know if this is a great idea in CF, but I would love to add these to the cold fusion array type so I can chain member functions on them. But that's probably not a good idea. We learned that from like MooTools and JavaScript and all that, but I want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be nice to have more on the object for sure. 
Well, next up, we have a blog from Tony Junkies, and he's talking about creating PDFs to images with PDF box and CFML. And so he was recently working on a feature for viewing a PDF page by page in the browser. And to accomplish it, he had a PDF converted to JPEG images and, and you know, sort of displayed in the carousel. And so he wanted to touch on this and how it could be done using Apache PDF box. Again, there's so many cool third party libraries out there. It's like, you know, we should be using more of them, right? Right. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, this is really detailed. You know, it goes through the setup with command box, you know, talks about the lib folder and where uh, your jar should go for these types of things and gets into the application CFC. So if you really want a really detailed walkthrough, uh, this is great. Uh, speaking of third-party libraries, underscore CF does have intersection and difference and union. So mm. I love that library. I need to get it. I, I think that was one of the first ones I boxified, actually. Yeah. I added a box.json and threw it up on, maybe it's not on Forgebox, but I at least made it able to install and gave it a nice little module config. So cool. So, a long time ago. It was yeah. like seven years ago. Uh, one of your first, huh? <laughs> you Crazy. never forget it. <laughs> yep. We also have a blog from Peter Mary and the CF Wheels team. And um, although Google Groups has served them well over the years, they decided to, uh, you know, basically move to GitHub discussions. Google Groups is not what it used to be. And so they wanted to move over to GitHub discussions to bring the community closer to where the code lives. So that's definitely a benefit of having your discussion in your GitHub repos, right? And one nice thing is it's very simple to um, move an issue to a discussion or vice versa. So if somebody opens an issue that's really a question, you can move it out to keep your issues um, small. And then if you've had a long discussion somewhere and it ends up being a real issue or a feature request that you want, you can link them and have all that context. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's the web. You can use links anywhere. But yeah, it's nice because you get the little embed from GitHub showing you something about it. So yeah, I know the yeah. tail. And it's free. Yeah. <laughs> I know Tailwind was using it too, but weren't they having some issues because Tailwind's just too popular? Unfortunately, well, we don't have that problem. <laughs> they, yeah, they were getting some spam that like where somebody like right like either it's someone or some bot writes you know like a paragraph that looks almost like they're talking about your subject and then links to something that's spam and that's unfortunate yeah and I, so. I read the examples too they were really smart like they they really sounded like helpful answers and they said here i got a you know i basically mocked up an answer for you and you go to it and be a dodgy link i mean that's pretty yeah. bad spam is getting that that hard that's smart damn it computer ai learning and all that but you know space. if you're gonna put your eggs in the basket microsoft fighting spam is probably a good choice because they're gonna get a lot of it so yeah, sure. as opposed to our like we use discourse and we love discourse but uh it's our own server so if something happened we're you know it's on us so yeah. <laughs> So James Moberg had another tweet, this time not about QB. He was talking about the replace no case. And he said, when did the third argument change to callback? And so this was an interesting little uh, tweet thread. And basically there's a certain time that I guess it changed. I think he said it was maybe Adobe 2018. I said he should ask Charlie. He's the encyclopedia of knowledge for this type of stuff. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, it basically changed. And instead of it being... Um, yeah. Well, now back. it can be either a callback or the string. 
is what happened. So it, it's it takes either, and the callback gives you a you know a function that you can then run to do the changes that you need. And so if it's more complicated than just a substring, so CF Docs has some better um, documentation on that, and James links to that in his in his tweet. So yeah, and then I think. Um... Yeah, Zach says, the problem is Adobe changes stuff uh, and it's hard for them to keep up. So they try and keep things consistent where they can. Um, but, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, they got to do what's best for them, their own language and everyone's sort of playing catch up or whatever. But, okay, well, that's cool. At least it has a, a reason for it, you know, that so it could be a string or a callback. Okay, I'm better with that. So, yep. cool. Well, Mr. Gavin, you had an interesting blog post this week. You know, I, I guess you wanted to get some emails about uh, Windows versus Mac versus Linux, right? <laughs> yeah, not necessarily, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I told people I've used I use Mac for a long time, but I got sick and tired of waiting for them to give me a good amount of RAM to use all the stuff I want to use. Uh, and this was before Electron um, blew up and Slack and Chrome killed all my RAM anyway, but. You know, I switched to Windows, and to be honest, I don't miss much from the Mac stuff anymore. I thought it was going to be a lot more painful, you know, with the the terminal now being smarter and Command Box being basically has all the commands that you would use on Linux anyway. Like, there's so much stuff in there. It's great, but really the only thing that's sort of bugs me really is case sensitivity, and sometimes it bites you. And so this one here, it talks about, you know, those people, they're like, why does it matter? I don't care if it's case sensitive or not. Well, I got a little video there, which might show you a use case that you hadn't thought of, which uh, it bit me and Eric both, right, Eric? Because I, I did something on one of the repos, and yeah. we screwed each other up. Yes. So I made a little video showing exactly what it was, but it killed a couple of hours of my time, and it, it sucks. And so um, Windows actually has a solution for case sensitivity now. And so this, this is basically a little series. This is talking about you know the problem and some of the things you might see. And then I'll show you how to actually implement the case sensitivity in the next blog post. And then the next one is going to be like, okay, so that's great. Windows fixed it or did they? And so you'll have to wait till the third one to see if you should actually use it or not. So um, yeah. But anyway, so this one here is about case sensitivity and some of the things you may not realize you were actually missing up, but you were. So. Now, here's a question, and you can just tell me, wait for the blog post, but does the WSL engine, if you put your code in there, is it case sensitive? Well, it does get tricky. Um, it's meant to be case sensitive in that, and I think that's probably why they have the case sensitivity flag on folders now. So when you create a folder in that, they turn that flag on, so it's case sensitive. Oh, interesting. And you can actually turn one particular folder on and say, okay, everything in this folder is case sensitive and anything new you create in that folder from that point on will be case sensitive. If you cut and paste something into it, what you cut in brings a flag. So they are no longer case. They are still case insensitive, but you can override that. And so the next blog post talks about changing one folder at a time or running a command to do everything recursive. But you know, the, the issue is, and I ran into it is that just because windows is case sensitive doesn't mean the software on windows is case sensitive. And so uh, I ran into issues where some software I was running uh, got confused. We'll put it that way. So got it. Okay. So, yeah. But you have to read for the blog post. So okay. Looking forward to it. Yep. Uh, we we mentioned uh, and have a blog post about our fifth and final workshop being selected for Into the Bots. So we'll include that there. And finally, there was a, a fun post from Mark Takada 
asking, did you know that he streams coding stuff on Twitch every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific? He plays around with Adobe Cold Fusion and tries to learn something new. So I did not know that, but I am a uh, avid Twitch watcher. So I'll go I have to go at him and yeah. put his, uh, like and hit that bell, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did jump into it and I was like, uh, I, was like I was trying to find it forever, but I didn't realize, oh, that's right. He posted that on LinkedIn. That's where you get it. So, um, but yeah, he's on Twitch. And I think if you look under software and game development, that's the category that it falls under, you'll find him there. Um, but yeah, I've seen a couple of the posts and I think you can watch the replays too. So he just, yeah, he's like kind of like basically sits down, plays with something and just see what happens. So pretty cool. Okay. We're up to find a job. So get cfmljobs.com has three new jobs posted this week. Um, so we have a full-time senior cold fusion developer at Windsor mill, and we have a full-time software developer in the United States. And we have a full-time software, senior software engineer at Cold Fusion C Shop at Plano, Texas. And all these were posted uh, about a week ago, and they're available on getcfmiljobs.com. You can watch the Twitter feed, too. They release stuff on Twitter as they get posted. Uh, it's pretty pretty neat. And also, we had that Hagerty uh, Motorsport Ridge um, position, right, Eric? So there's two positions that they're looking for there. Right. Looking for two senior software engineers to work primarily with Node, Vue.js, Cold Fusion, and AWS to improve their platform. So that you can join them, get in the driver's seat. We will have that link in, and we are very grateful for their sponsorship and excited to hear what great people apply for the job because of their sponsorship here. Yep. And then Auto Solutions up on the about us slash careers page. We have a couple positions there. And Carol from Clear Capital, the Clear Capital, from um, they basically got a couple of jobs there, and that's actually a, a lot of jobs. I'm going to click on the link. It's a crazy link because it's a search filter because there's a lot of jobs at that company. But if you click it, you'll see what you see on my screen right now. They've got DevOps engineers, senior software engineers for React, Java, more React, some automation engineers. They've got senior software engineers for Cold Fusion as well at four different locations. So a lot of positions. Um, and, and Carol Hamilton is on the working code card, working code podcast. I always get tongue tied. Sorry about that. But um, so she's talked about a job there. She seems to love it. She's been there for quite a while now. And uh, yeah, so if you guys are looking for a new job, they got a, a pretty big team and a pretty big stack uh, of different things. So check that out as well. Okay. We got some uh, good real-time follow-up here in the chat from Daniel Garcia. He said that Mark, he pinged Mark Takata, who responded that the new VS Code extension is 100% free. It is not, however, open source. So free, not open source. So 50% of the way there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's still good. Good to have at least something there. Yes. Okay, our Forgebox module of the week this week. This one is actually a new one, and it's kind of an interesting use case too. So it is Command Box Licenses, and our very own Dan Cart uh, released this, and it's kind of simple but cool because uh, some of our customers wanted to know what licenses are the dependencies of our code running. So this module basically is designed to loop through all your dependencies and figure out uh, what licenses are 
running essentially like what are we running in there so if you ran that code for example you'd see like the cold box um, security is apache 2 cb auth underneath it is mit cb storage is apache 2 so you can see what open source library uh you know basically licenses are running so it's actually cool it'll create a csv file as well so spits all that out and it's just kind of a cool idea. There's lots of stuff like that we're trying to keep in our box at JSON. And this actually brought the attention to us that we don't actually display our licenses in uh, some of these packages. So at Autos, we're actually going to go back and, and try and sort of fill the gaps. You know, we should have licenses in all of our software just so everyone knows uh, the rules of it and, you know, follow yeah. along. But uh, we, and it, it turned out that uh, we did in a lot of these places, but we didn't have it in the box.json. So yeah. we've uh, we fixed a few of them, but I'm sure there's more out there that we need to fix. Yeah. So again, cool little um, thing. And then that way, if you guys want to know what your your dependencies are actually running, run the command, get the licenses. And I actually think of a few other use cases. We could build something just like this too to get other information out of that stack. So. Uh, if you go to command box underscore licenses on Forgebox, you can find that module. Next up, what do we got, Eric? Our VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week is the MySQL shell extension for VS Code. Um, <laughs> this, this is crazy to me. It's just one of those where you're like, you look at the the demos they have and you're like, is this really a text editor anymore? Um, so this is an extension that you can run um, a MySQL shell, which if you've ever ran that on like your uh, your terminal, you know, you can run a query and get out the data and it's fine. It's, you know, it's, it's a terminal ASCII based stuff. Well, when you use this shell in VS Code, you get syntax highlighting on the SQL query. You get a nice table out that gives you how many records and how long it took. You can run TypeScript with it to like run the SQL and then pass it to a pie graph. Mm -hmm. Like it's <laughs> at one point, I'm just like we we talked earlier about paid extensions, and it just feels like these are going to get big enough that we, we'll kind of expect to. I mean, like you think of the best database managers right now, um, like you, you pay hundreds of dollars for some of them. You know, the Navicat suite or the the one from uh, the JetBrains people, Data Grip. So like, I, I just I can imagine a world where we get neat things like this in VS Code, but you got to shell out some money for it. Uh, not this one, to be clear. This is free, made by Oracle. Um, yeah, it's impressive. I don't think I'll use it, but it is impressive. <laughs> I, I guess I'm much more tied to my database tool that I can use with like, you know, twelve to fourteen different backends <laughs> yeah i mean the other thing too is i i like having my stuff in separate windows and you know and you can pull stuff out but i like having separate windows separate screens but it's pretty slick for if you need just to grab something real quick or whatever there's a lot of cool stuff in there but you're right though they're definitely getting more and more powerful and it's i'm kind of curious where it's going to go you're right though it might just be a, basically a, a paid extension plugin for vs code in the future instead of having their own apps it's interesting, uh, at least this is just me talking right now, that one of the huge things I loved about VS Code when it came out was I had the terminal right there, right? I didn't have to switch back and forth. And the interesting thing for me is that that hasn't really applied to everything else. I don't want my database in there. I still use an external Git program if I use one. You know, like all these other things, I'm like, nah, that's fine. I just wanted the terminal. 
Yeah. So everybody else, you know, your mileage may vary, but I, I guess I just find that kind of amusing is how much can we stick inside the text editor and do you like it or not? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. I mean, I use the VS Code, uh, Git stuff a little bit. I love Git lens in there and it does some stuff, but, you know, you're, you're right. A lot of times I'll jump out to my other Git tool. Um, but, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's definitely a line I draw. I mean, the thing is, too, though, if I'm on one screen, if I'm on my laptop and laptop only, then I'm, I'm more likely to just do stuff in there so I don't have to leave the window as much. But, anyways. Yeah. Okay, well, that's your VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week. So next up, our Patreon supporters. So thank you to all our Patreon supporters. We're in the process of updating our website to make sure all the most recent uh, people are being put on there. Um, we got a lot of a lot of supporters now, so we want to make sure all of them are getting the attention that they need. And every week, we read out your name anyway, or try to. Uh, we mutilate some of the names, but we give it our best. If if we are messing up your name, and please send us an email. Um, many of the names that we've had problems with, we have a little pronunciation guide next to because we want to we, we want to give you the respect you deserve, you groovy Patreon supporters. <laughs> yep. So don't forget, um, you guys can use an ma- annual membership too, and you'll save ten percent. But the cool thing is, bronze packages and up. Now we'll get that Forgebox Pro and see if cast subscription is a perk. All Patreon supporters have their profile badge on the community website. All Patreon supporters have their own private forum access on the community website, which is community.autosolutions.com. And we have something in the works for our Patreons. I'm trying to put something together here very soon, which only the Patreons will be able to get live access to. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you might be getting a new perk coming soon. You may not like it, but it's going to be a perk anyway. (laughs) Way to sell it, Gavin. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you, you were doing so good there. <laughs> no, so we, we have a lot of great stuff. And again, um, we we read all the names right now. Um, we're getting to the point though where we have to draw off, and there are there's a certain level in Patreon that you're meant to get your name uh, read. Um, so eventually, we might have to cut off some of these groovy people. But for now, Eric, you can read all each and every one of them. Let's do it. Thank you to John Wilson at, at some nap tricks, Brian Gidinelli at Haggerty Motorsport Reg. Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Dan Card, Jonathan Perrette, Jeffrey McGee with Sunstar Media, Dean Monder, Will DeBrun, Joseph Lamery, Don Bellamy, Jan Yannick, Laxma Titrahadi, Carl Von Setten, Jeremy Adams, Didier Lesnicki, Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Scott Steinbeck with Agri Tracking Systems, Ben Nadell, Brett DeLine, Kai Koenig, Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, Jason Diger, Sean Odin, Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips, Edgardo Cabezas, Patrick Flynn, Stephanie Mongi, John Wish, Kevin Wright, and Peter Amiri. Thank you to all of you groovy people for supporting this podcast and the work we do here at Order Solutions. Yep, so you can see all of those on About Us slash sponsors page and i'll share my screen just to show you real quick we even have like a special section at the top of the page for our what do we call them again um hall of fame that's what it's called a hall of fame so you'll see some of the hall of fame members up there um so again you can do a one-time pledge or a monthly um and then at the bottom we've got a, a big list of 
our sponsoring individuals too. So we're working on updating all this. So uh, we'll get everyone up to date here very soon. And we appreciate each and every one of you for supporting us and making it possible for us to, you know, produce this podcast, but also do all the other things that Autis does. You know, we try and do a lot of stuff for the community because make the community better. We'll all be better off. So anything else from you, Eric, apart from don't forget your super early bird ticket today. Oh, last day. Only a few hours left. Yep. So for all those listening after today, sorry. (laughs) Should have tuned in live with all those great people in the chat. So thanks everybody in the chat and we'll catch you all next week. See ya. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.